Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Until I see negative rise of the lick. If it's negative right now, I know that at least the inflow and the outflow, they are not matches. I can start reducing the gate opening to give a bit of relief downstream, of which I think by the data we are getting there. Finally, we are told that the VRA has set up a fund. Tell us about that fund. Um, we, we are state agency. And as a state agency, we work through the government. And with this situation that we have in hand, we have to make sure the people, of, the people affected are relieved of all the stress that are going through. And per that, and per that we have to ensure that there's enough funds available to make sure that people are comfortable and we save lives. So we won't put a cap to the amount of money. All that we want is that the people who are affected should have a bit of relief and comfort. That is our main priority, is the life of the people. Apart from what NADMO is doing, we have also to think about the future. I'm aware that you are farming people. The people who are farming on the banks of the rivers. River banks that have overflown and destroyed many of the farms. 
One of the things that the Ministry of Agriculture, the Ministry of Finance, and the Office of the President is going to be working with the District Assembly is to decide exactly the nature of the support the water has gone away to enable you to be the farm. Have a Minister of Finance, Minister of Agri, President of the Office, Wajadudu Gome, Benjamin Chieke, Kejola, Nukamiawa, Kokwede, Agredelao, Pre Apailao. This is why I'm saying that the committee is working in several phases. One, immediately. Committee at the in several phases. Ebanto, Nebe, Nukemiao, Ebake. And then tomorrow. But I want you to know that in its powers to assist to make sure that things are all right. While the Volta River Authority continues to battle the flood situation and continues to spill more water, the National Disaster Management Organization is equally doing its bit and sharing relief items to affected victims. As you can see here in your picture, there are a number of items in here. We have tea roll and then we have some cooking oil. There's also buckets and all these. We don't understand what... Um, procedure the NADMO is using to actually share these items and so I have with me the district director of NADMO to give our details as to what formula they are using to share the items. So we see these items in the back here. Can you tell us uh, how you went about arranging this, who are supposed to benefit and all that? Actually, uh, this uh, North Tongue district NADMO, uh, we actually take data every day. Uh, actually, we received uh, relief items from the NADMO and then the VRA. So, per this thing, we cannot distribute the thing actually to just to the populace. So, uh, we have decided to move to every room per household so that we can get everybody on board to get at least the full staff, basin, toilet, everything, so that nobody will, will stay without any relief items. So the explanation is that what we see here is per a household, is that? Yeah, per household. Okay, so I see in the three uh, uh, toilet papers yeah. and uh, about two buckets and some soft drinks. If a household has about 10 people, how are they going to share this? No, it's more than 10. The soft drink is more than 10. The, the cup is more than four. And then house, every house, we make it up to 20. Every household, we made it up to 20. So if uh, if any household is around six or eight, we normally find average for those things and give them the food items. Here is for a household of 20 people. Is that the case? At times, six people, eight mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Depends. Okay. Because we'll be using the data to share it. We'll be using the data. Maybe some rooms or a household is up to four, six, eight, and a 20. Okay, so, so those the distribution is done according to the number of the household. Mm. So, so for how many household do you have uh, at Saint Kizito so far? Twenty-eight. Mm -hmm. Twenty-eight. Mm -hmm. We have twenty-eight households. Yeah. And twenty-eight households in terms of individual numbers. What numbers are we looking at? 
actually, as at now, you are looking at around 560, get it to 600. 600 people. Yeah. But earlier, your director general told us uh, there are about 3,000 or over 1,000 people here, which means that what you are sharing, some people will be left out of it. No, they will not be left out of it. It depends upon the distance. Actually, first is 3,000 going there. But people, as at now, they are decreasing, increasing, decreasing. Now, good evening and welcome to our front. Tonight, we'll be taking a hard look at a recent viral piece titled Our Broken Ghana by former MPP presidential hopeful Dr. Arthur Kennedy. In his impassioned commentary, Dr. Kennedy paints a dire picture of Ghanaian society and governance today. He cites interviews claiming pervasive corruption, deterioration in healthcare, education, infrastructure, and many more. This broadcast has passed a very intense debate across the nation. In this 15-minute engagement, we'll be critically examining what Dr. Kennedy has been saying and the assertions he's been making. Is Ghana truly broken? What metrics and facts support or undermine this conclusion? Most importantly, if change is needed, what constructive solutions can citizens and government pursue together? My name is Raymond Dako, and I'm glad to be joined by Dr. Kennedy from his base in the USA. Doc, you're welcome to our front. Thank you, and good evening to your listeners. I hope you are doing well, and your writings do not paint a picture of a man who is excited about the state of Ghana. Yes, I am not. I am doing well, but I'm not excited about the state of Ghana. I am very pessimistic. And what's informing this level of pessimism? I think that we've been heading downwards for quite some time, particularly during the course of the Fourth Republic. And it seems that even the institutions that used to work under the first government of the Fourth Republic under Rawlings are being undermined. I think that even though it's a downward trend, um, the government of Nana Dodamkwe Kufuado has accelerated this deterioration in our body politic in our country at large. A lot of institutions that were respected and considered independent have been undermined. You know, he um, removed the head of the EC and a few of the other people there. Um, the Supreme Court has been packed. You know, he has um, sent the Auditor General on leave that has been found to be unconstitutional. Um, the economic management has been very bad. We are being engulfed by Galamse left and right. So I think that it is very difficult to see anything that makes one optimistic. But I think that from my point of view, um, the defining characteristic of a declining state and of this government is corruption and nepotism. Mm. I'll be coming to that detail, but there's, there's a question that, especially mindful of your history and what has happened to you prior to the Fourth Republic, are you not being quite uncharitable? Uh, because at least the period where some of you suffered uh, so much harm appears to be over, isn't it? I don't know which period um, you are talking about, but then we were young men, so we were hopeful about the future. But today, honestly, I think of people like Lance Corporal Halidu Jiwa and Tremejan 
who gave their lives as well as people who spent the best years of their lives in exile. Somebody like Captain Bendua, who was the chief of staff to the army chief of staff on his way to being a general and a comfortable career when he stood up for democracy and ended up going into exile. And his career was ruined. Same thing happened to people like Captain Kofi and a lot of long soldiers. And it seems um, maybe unintendedly or without intention, we seem to punish those who do good things for Ghana. Um, the opportunistic soldiers who joined Rawlins, particularly himself, ended up doing quite well for themselves. And all these soldiers have referred to are there. And even when we forget about who's and his benefits, it seems like Ghana has a penchant for punishing people who try to do right by Ghana. I remember Professor Mustafa, who after finishing his neurosurgical training in Britain, could have done very well. He moved to Ghana, set up a neurosurgical unit in Kolebu, and in the end, he was fired in disgrace, penniless. And people like um, Professor Hiaji, and actually a lot of young doctors used to talk about the Mustafa Hiaji syndrome. This is not just about medicine. Remember that when Wuyumi's case happened, the only minister under um, the Mills government who saw something wrong with what Wuyumi's thing portended for the country was Martin Amidu. He was the only person who ended up losing his job. And currently we've seen what happened to Galamse. Professor Frimpong Boateng was one of 10 ministers on the IMCM, and he appears to be the only person, and that doesn't mean he's perfect, who seemed to find something wrong with the whole Galamsetan, and he's the only person who was punished. All the others went on to retire comfortably or are still in government, and we seem to keep doing this to ourselves again and again. It seems that the lesson we keep sending to future generations is we don't value patriotism, and even though we say it, we honor Ephraim Amos' um, patriotic lyrics in the breach. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it, it's a lot to explore with you, and I hope we have enough time to go through all of this and drill down to it. But let me start with what you state here. You state that Ghana is being destroyed before our own eyes, and there's been a deterioration in every aspect of life. I mean, how do you back this particular claim? I know you've just listed a litany of things that appears to be wrong generally in our society, but are these not quite extreme in form of claims about this republic? Well, the evidence is before your very eyes. People are drinking tea water. You know, pregnant women are um, being um, brought up in an environment where the water they drink is not clean, filled with mercury and other things. Our children are studying under trees. So so these things are there. And former President Mahama underlined some of them in the African Watch interview that I referred to. Um, Professor from Pomboate has talked about some of them. We are going to the IMF for the 17th time in our nation's history. Everybody is demoralized. The MPP, which used to be perhaps the best political party in sub-Saharan Africa, is in tatters now. Nobody has hoped that the MDC will give us a viable alternative. A lot of Ghanaians are really demoralized. And um, it is all over. 
you know, you look at corruption, it is out of fear. You look at jobs. A lot of Ghanaians, you know, um, when you talk to them, young men and women, see their future outside Ghana, not in Ghana, because they do not think that the politicians are running the place in a way that will give them hope for their future. Mm. Now, I want us to take it sector by sector. You, you have measured a lot on corruption, and you are relying on the very claims of Professor Fimpon Watin and Mr. Mahama. But if the Transparency International's report is anything to go by, our score has been merely constant for the last two or three years. Beyond that, though, this is some of the lowest that you can get. The best under this government is the lowest under the previous government. But let's not kid ourselves. A lot of people in the Republic of Ghana said the previous government was corrupt. So are we making progress, true tangible progress, even though the president keeps on saying that we are spending a lot in the anti-corruption institutions? We've established the OSP. There's a right to information act in place. Are we making progress or we are stagnating? Because you paint a picture that very little and actually the incidence of corruption is on the uptake. We are not only not making progress, we are regressing. You know, you see, um, a corrupt state, to those who don't understand, the purpose of our politics has become the organized, systematic, beautiful transfer of public resources into private hands. That's all what is happening. When you see things like, oh, we've formed a new body, OSP, the OSP, you know, if we're going to fight corruption and somebody, a special prosecutor, would do a good job, why not make him attorney general? The problem is not forming new institutions. It is in our hearts. The president's body language, his temperament and his attitude is not geared towards fighting corruption. And Martin Amidu was right that he's the mother, mother serpent of corruption. Is that not you an know, unfair assessment? no it is a very fair assessment. Look at who he appointed as head of public procurement authority. The person who was appointed as head of public procurement authority, to begin with, had ethical challenges under the Kufu administration. So it was not like people didn't know who he was. But he got the job anyway. Then the president, of course, along the lines you're talking about, says, oh, this time we even have a minister for public procurement. Not only that. We have a board of directors of the Public Procurement Authority. In spite of that, the head of Public Procurement Authority forms a private company on the side that bids for contracts and gets them and sells them on the side. And he did that for years under the very noses of his board of directors and the minister who was supposed to um, take care of public procurement. And then all what it took was Manasseh Azuria, only one journalist to expose that. So where was the security agencies? Where was the police? Where was the attorney general's department? Where was anybody? Mm. Now, so, so I the idea that this government is interested in fighting corruption is a joke. Everybody knows that is not true. And Professor Frimpong Boatin's claims in the interview that I referred to in my piece it's a very solid backing of what I'm talking about. But, Doc, you know that those are claims, untested, unverified, and claims that have not been subjected to the litmus test of a judicial process. Would it be fair to base your, your assessment partly on even that? 
Yes, it is. Remember why? Because one, the professor in the interview produced letters that were exchanged between him and the Minister of Finance. He says that um, the Minister of Finance wrote to him. He said that he confronted the Minister of Finance. Not only that, he said that contemporaneously when he found out that they were trying to loot our country of 88 million, he was so shocked that he told the president about it. Until this interview, have you heard the president do anything about it? Nothing. Nothing has come to the public domain about it yet. I've not read anything on the president's actually related to this. Precisely. And not only that, think about it. If this was just one, what do they call it, um, settlement under the Judgment Debt Act, which means now the government doesn't go to court. How many of these do you think happened under this government? One a year? If it is one a year, we're talking about almost one billion U.S. dollars. Mm. And think about just so for context, President Biden is in trouble here because Americans think he and his extended family actually received bribes worth about 20 million over an eight-year period as vice president. Look at Americans' reaction to that and look at our reaction to this. But what could we do differently? Be on the streets, ah, protest, well, speak up about yes, it? Indeed. Why not? But let me tell you. But we've done that. We... There's been two major protests recently, really. There should be more. And I say, if there is going to be no justice as well, let there be no peace. You know, for example, um, this thing that we are talking about, you say, what could have been done? You know, we all sit there in this country and we talk about how, oh, we all want a better country. We can't get leaders. And Frimpon Boateng steps up and he says, yes, indeed, they were stealing 82 million or something. I said no, and they tried to bribe me with $5 million. And for almost a week, this is the first time that following my opinion piece, a media house, is trying to do anything about it. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Not even the opposition seems to be interested in it. Where is the Office of Special Prosecutor who mm. labeled himself conscience of the country? Except to say that the last time Professor Fimpol Boatin put together a list of wrongs in government in that Garamsey report, the Attorney General basically rubbished that particular report and said there was nothing to move forward with it. Because the Attorney General is not fighting corruption. He is protecting the corrupt. Is in the vanguard of the protection brigade for the Achim Mafia and its allied forces. This is not fighting corruption. Who doesn't know Joy FM, to your credit, um, with, I think, Erasmus Asaradonko? Erasmus. have done 
very powerful documentaries that showed right in the bushes our forests being destroyed, our river bodies being destroyed. And this report shows soldiers protecting people who are doing galamse. You didn't even need Professor Frimpong Barton's report. Uh-huh. The evidence is sitting right in front of us. We see all this. Excavators. What happened to the excavators? And if anybody was ever in doubt, they can look at the drinking water. So who do they think is making the drinking water dirty? What happened to the Chinese who were arrested? Why why are there are there more Chinese on the road from Kumasi to Obuasi than perhaps any other place? Why is it that South Africa has made so much of its minds and we can't do anything? Why is it that even when the Galamse ban was in force, we exported so much gold? And actually, the irony is that when they looked at Ghana's data about how much gold we exported and what Switzerland reported, Switzerland showed that we reported one billion more gold than we claimed here on the spot. It is obvious that the looting is going on right in front of our very eyes and our nation is being torn apart. Is this new? Is this fresh? Is this an Akufado problem? Or is it just coming to a watershed now? Oh, it's coming to a watershed now. Of course, there has always been corruption in Ghana's history. And to those who don't know, actually the Nkrumah government almost collapsed before independence because of some co-marketing money, and Ohinijan had to go to prison for that. So corruption has always been with us. Um, General Ankara had to resign as head of state because of corruption. And of course, General Champon and Fautobeji Gulf and um, all those things and their own place in history. Um, Professor Buzia once said the biggest problem in this country's history is corruption, and he lamented that if he had five honest people, he would transform the country. It has always been with us, even there was some under Rollins. But Nana Ekufuado and his team have taken it to a new level. And if we do not check this, they are blowing past every boundary. And we see all this around us. Young men and women get into government who are penniless. And then within a few years, they are building mansions. And nobody asks them anything. We say we declare assets. Nobody checks the declaration of assets. You know, we were talking about this question you asked me about, is there evidence? Remember when people started saying the judiciary was corrupt and they started talking about who has evidence and bring evidence until Anna showed his video and we found out that they were taking money and plantains and women and other gifts in order to give judgments. Didn't we see that? Since then, what has happened? The same thing happened under males. They did customs and essays, and we saw a lot of corruption until we have our fingers around corruption. Nothing will work in Ghana. We got $3 billion in COVID aid, and people decided in a modern country that to distribute the COVID aid, they will use party functionaries. When we have local government, we have Ministry of Health, and the managers disappeared. Nobody has asked anything for COVID. Frontiers Health got a contract even before it was a registered company in Ghana and got millions of dollars. And when the ministers who are responsible for this went for the appointments to be renewed, 
Parliament just looked the other way and couldn't demand accountability. Those are interesting perspectives you bring to this one. So you say we should wrap our hands around this. How then do we deal with a specific issue of corruption then? It appears government is not winning the fight, and governments over the years have also not been winning this fight. What will be the magic wand to deal with corruption in the Republic of Ghana? At least starting with this government. An, an aroused and angry public. When you say this government is fighting corruption and losing, you are actually giving them a lot of credit. This government is not fighting corruption. It is in the vanguard of corruption. The main source of corruption in our society is the government. Because they are supposed to enforce the laws. So um, for now, there are a lot of places where corruption could be fought. For example, if we woke up and we had an office of special prosecutor who looked to history instead of to the Chibi Mafia for guidance, um, we would see some things happening. If we looked at parliament and they were inclined to, in effect, do something about corruption, they could start asking questions. But even parliament, when MPP MPs decided that they didn't want Ken Ufurata, somebody walked onto the floor of parliament with money to try and bribe them. Have we heard anything about that? No, there's not been any update on that. They said they were investigating the matter. Of course. They will investigate it till the end of this government. Now, now I get you. No, you are making an example. Sorry, I think we're losing connection. But, okay, you are making an example. You said they would investigate it to the end of the matter. But I, I, I didn't hear the next thing you said after that. And they will do nothing about it. They are just running out the clock. They are not interested in finding the corporates because the people we are relying on to stop the stealing and the thieves are the same people. Sorry, are the same people doing what? The, the people who are doing the stealing and the people the Ghanaian public is relying on to stop the stealing are the same people. Oh, okay. So that, oh, okay. So th that, that's actually what you meant by that. Now, th there is the connected part. You said that an angry society that rises up to it is part of it. But as I referenced earlier, we've had people complaining in this country. We've had people actually going on demonstrations and doing a lot more. You seem to suggest, if we move it a little bit further, that the media, civil society organizations, and religious leaders are staying silent on these issues. Is it possible there are other yeah. reasons not captured in your letter for their response or lack of response? Oh, they, they are staying silent. I mean, after, from Paul Burton's um, revelations, during the time of Unigov and others, when I was a student leader, most of the paupers who have tended with denunciations of the government and the corrupt people, who did this? Did you hear anything? Did you hear anything? said by TUC or professional bodies or anybody, nobody said anything. But the reason why I keep referring to the public is, remember when um, the president decided that his wife and the wife of the vice president deserve salaries? They were shamed into returning the money. Mm. Angry, aroused public, do something. And I'm also saying that all of us who get up every morning and say, oh, we want honest governments. We want honest leaders. When people like from Paul Boatins and the um, corrupt um, cabal is cutting them down, 
we need to stand up for them and say, we appreciate what you are doing and go on. This is what Ghana needs. But if we allow people like that to be destroyed in front of our eyes, young people will learn that it does not pay to stand up for our country. Mm. That's an interesting point. You, in your statement, appear to long for the days of certain past leaders and a more active uh, activist civil society. However, those things also were marked by some challenges too. In what ways is the current situation fundamentally worse than what we have experienced in times past? The quantum leap of corruption. Oh, okay. We went to where <clears throat> people used to be embarrassed to be corrupt. Now they are not embarrassed anymore. People used to hide the stolen loot. Now they put it in front of everybody. It is as if they think there can be no retribution. So yeah. they are looking for money and there are no apologies about it. And actually, I am putting a theory on the table. The reason why this government has failed is that it is not because they have not been good policy ideas. They have been good policy ideas. But my theory is that whatever idea you put on the table in front of this government, some people will decide how to milk it for their private purposes before the policy is implemented. So in the end, the milking becomes a bigger priority than the public interest. Are there examples to back this theory? Oh, um, an obvious one is the COVID airport test. Um, yes, we needed um, a test at the airports for COVID. The tests were good. But I remember calling somebody in government and I said, well, $150 per test is a lot. The person agreed with me. It turned out that the person who got the contract didn't even have a registered company in Ghana. He got the contract before going to register a company. And of course, he ran that and made a lot of money. And that was why the price was so high. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCIUS LLC. I, I can say the same thing about, for example, um, COVID relief money. I mean, there are people in the government who are smart enough to know that you do not mitigate COVID by sharing money to party functionaries. They knew that, but they didn't care. They were just going to share, loot and share the money. It's the same thing like going to Legon and saying that, oh, because of COVID, they are going to spray, decontaminate the place. Then they get some Legon professoriate to come and join them, and then they spray some chemicals there and poop. 500 million um, Ghana cities is gone.
Mm. Now, the, of course, you have mentioned COVID and the treatment of that. We have a recent crisis on our hands in the Volta region. There are people who are seeking to say that this is equal to the times where um, some of us could not go to work because of the situations there. I'm talking about the dam spillage and the dealings with that. What lessons can we learn from the COVID era and the management of that particular scene and implement in this particular dam spillage situation that we find ourselves, which is basically rendered indisplaced and as victims more than 26,000 Ghanaians in these regions, yeah. Well, I mean, first, I think that forming an interministerial committee actually is a good idea. Um, I hope that they will do the work like the president said without regard to partisanship. Um, I also hope that they will get more technical people involved. But more to the point, I think that a lot of these things will react after the fact. We need to be more proactive. It may be that um, some of those people could have been warned and steps could have been taken maybe to get them out of harm's way quicker. So um, I think the committee is good. It should work in a non-partisan fashion, but we should be more proactive and do things ahead. And unfortunately, the president's comment there was very bad about mm. uh, not um, going there because of politics and all that. I, I actually... Um, have been disappointed in the president for some time, but this was a low of his lows. Well, it has been explained, I'm sure you have seen the clarification that this was just part of a longer statement about why government intervenes and government not considering people's votes before they intervene. Um, the explanations fall short. This mm. was not the time to talk about partisanship. It's not just the president. This is a man who has been president for six years already. And he's had getting to 80 years. He's not a kid. You know, you don't go... I mean, can you imagine if something like this had happened in Ashanti region and John Mahama as president had gone to make such a joke? Can you imagine how people will react? This is um, unbelievable. The president never should have referred to politics in his remarks and um, whenever you joke in these circumstances, you should poke fun at yourself, not at people who already have lost everything are in distress because it wasn't a good joke. He was mocking their circumstances. Mm. Well, I mean, of course, as I said, that explanation has been given. But can we, beyond what is happening on the ground, because you are a doctor, can I explore that particular issue of health with you? There are those who are related the health angle that this should be declared as a national emergency so that we can deal with it as a humanitarian crisis the way it ought to be dealt with, getting help from external bodies who are willing to help us deal with this problem. At least we are counting beyond 26,000 currently. Agreed completely. I mean, health is fundamental. I think first there should be shelter, there should be safety, then there should be health, and then, of course, um, food. And I think that the Ghana Medical Association is right that the president erred in not including the Minister of Health in the interministerial committee that he has formed. Health mm. should be central. And I think we should reach out to external sources for help sooner rather than later. Mm. The, the, the comparison has already started about how, let's say, a country like the USA, of course, with the resources and all of that difference is there, would have dealt with a similar problem. Can you share some light on that briefly? 
Yes, and actually, um, interestingly, there was um, a problem in Hawaii, you know, um, when fire destroyed um, a lot of homes on one of the islands. And within hours, you know, the federal government was on the ground. The president declared a state of emergency and resources were pouring into Hawaii. Obviously, to be fair, Ghana is not the United States, so we don't have resources to the extent that they do. But at the minimum, um, we should prioritize um, life, safety, and food for the people um, who are in extremists. And I think that um, in addition to appealing to external sources, we should also ask diaspora Ghanaians um, to see if they can contribute to assisting our brethren in the Volta region. Mm. You have tried um, to bring to the fore an issue that suggests that we do not support as a country generally the people who are patriotic, who put down their lives for this country. You went into history. You have mentioned the Halle, the Jewess of, of Thais Pass. You mentioned some other military people too. And recently you've drawn in the Professor Fimpo Buttons of this world. Is it a Ghanaian trait or is just a few people in government that appear to to alienate the people who are patriotic, or it's all of us in the Republic who are of this particular nature? Um, I think it is a few people in government who do that because it is in their selfish interest to, in effect, sideline and victimize those who are trying to hold them to account or to expose their nefarious activities. But the truth of the matter is that the rest of us too are too apathetic when these people are in effect getting their commitments from the corrupt and the wicked. Because I think that religious leaders ought to stand up behind people like from Pumbwating and give them encouragement. Yeah, organizations like TUC and NUCS, because we all talk idealistically. I, I, I think that my all-time favorite song is Ephraim Amos, Yenarai Assassin. Mm. It is anyhow... So many years before independence, he presaged the problems that will be us. talked about Nimdien Tuaso and Pesemin Kuminya and all those things, exactly like it was going to happen. So I yearn for men like him and people who respond to the stirring um, lyrics that he brings up. You know, and, and it comes from all walks of life. Chief Nekwabnabune, whose um, leading of the riots led to even independence, which is why I think that um, to the extent that we need a big six, we don't have the right big six. It should have been one of the big six, but that is a conversation for another time. Mm, that's um, interesting. Yes, you are making the point, sir. Yeah, so, so I, and I think that when you look um, through our history, there have always been people who have been trying, you know, and whenever people like that step up, unfortunately, they don't get support. They don't get encouragement. You know, um, the, the, the students of Ghana, you know, in the 70s, together with the professional bodies in the 1980s, what I call the greatest generation of students that I led in our demonstrations, you know, um, people like in the professional bodies, you know, people like Reverend Samoa Bishop Sapon, you know, um, these were people who we should have harnessed. You know, there was a time, for example, when um, newspapers like the Legon Observer 
were the most influential newspapers in the country, the pioneer. In those days, something like what Frimpong Barton disclosed who have made the front page of every newspaper in Ghana. Yes, you took on the media too. You, you are uh, of the opinion that the media is part of the silence uh, situation that's supposed to be happening in the country. But is that a reflection of the entirety of the space or you think it's the majority of the people that are not doing so? Oh, is the majority. I mean, to say is the entirety of the space will not be fair. Mm. I, I actually think Joy FM, for example, when we talk about the um, Galamse issue, have oh. done some brief documentaries, you know, and I think we should commend them for that. A few other media outlets have done that, you know. For example, Efia Pukla has done um, some stirring editorials and interviews. So um, to say that all the media. Um, I have seen um, what did Samson Ladi do, some very good um, issues in terms of discussion. So um, to say it is all of the media will be unfair, but it is a majority of the media. And I think the pendulum has shifted. It used to be that um, there was more in the media who were patriotic and saw their place as beside the silent masses, saw themselves as voices for the masses. And I think these days too many in the media are more inclined to, in effect, feed themselves than speak for the masses. Really? Yes. Is that a reflection of the general attitude of Ghanaians, or it is a certain level of decay that's really attached the media? Is it to do with ownership? Is it to do with the personal values of the people? Or is just a time that is passed and a new period where you can't really find patriotic people serving in any space? Um, um, a, a combination of all of them. To be okay. fair, when I was a young man, um, I used to think that the only danger to free media was oppressive governments. I was very naive. You know, I know that there are a lot of private um, forces, either because of wealth, either because of culture, either because of other... Um, unexplainable things who weld a lot of influence among the media. So um, there are multifarious facts. And, and you know, sometimes too, people get discouraged, you know. Um, people like um, Azuri Awuni, for example, uh. got into trouble, the government had to leave. So when things like that happen to people, and like I said earlier, they don't feel support from the generality of the public, then that whoa, maybe I should be careful. And there are always people on the side whispering in your ears about how you are jeopardizing your future and you should take care of yourself. You know, the reason why when I was a student leader, I did all what I did was that I had solid support. I remember when I returned from exile, there was general celebration all on campus. You know, it didn't matter whether it was Volta or Commonwealth or whatever, the student front was solid and united, and we thought um, not party, because at that time there were even no parties. But we actually resonated to my country, it is of D. We were patriots. And I think, unfortunately, it will find that kind of attitude among the ranks of our students today. Now, um, we'll come back to you, but ladies and gentlemen, my guest with me in this conversation is Dr. Atta Kennedy. He is, he, he's, he's a medical doctor in the USA, 
right? He's been very active in Ghanaian politics for a very long time, from student leadership to even contesting as MPP uh, presidential uh, hopeful in times past. And we, we, we're discussing this because he recently penned down some quite interesting but damning verdict on the Republic of Ghana, which is being titled, Our Broken Ghana. So is that level of uh, appreciation, understanding of what went into that writing, that's the crux of our conversation. After this break, we'll explore further and be asking him to solve the problems that are in this country in a way that we can actually hold him to it too. After the break. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need chop better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store or the app store and discover the smart way to bank. EcoBank, the Pan-African bank. Kwajo, why are you late? Yes, Kwajo, why are you late again? Kwajo, can't you talk? See, mommy, I could lie like Amma. And say I was doing my homework with my friends. Or lie like Emma and say I was helping Grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Emma. I was playing with... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. My friends, and that is why I'm late. Homework now. Thank you for not lying to me. Your Calipo is in the fridge. Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Oh, do you know that? This advert is FDA approved. Well, be joyful, 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 be jo
Welcome back to our front. My name is Raymond Alqua. So he recently, and he writes a lot, that's without doubt. He's been an activist for almost all his entire life anyway. I recall his book, Chasing the Elephant into the Bush. He's my guest. And tonight we are taking a hard look at a more recent statement he's written, which has really gone viral. It's titled, Our Broken Ghana, by former MP presidential hopeful Dr. Arthur Kennedy. And in that impassioned commentary, he paints a very dark picture of Ghanaian society and governance today. We've been exploring that. We've been going through what's been happening with corruption in this country. The very things that he thinks we should do to turn the corner. The apparent, if it's not uh, calm or silence on the front of, he considers the media and other people who used to speak up in times past. And area he reminisces a lot about what was happening previously and what is happening now and why so many people appear to have gone silent on the ills of society today. That's the conversation I'm opening. I'm happy actually having it with Dr. Kennedy. You're welcome back, sir. Thank you. Now, I wanted to move on from this point, but it's, it's, it's good to reminisce and reflect on our future or our past to be able to inform the future that we want as a people. But some people say when we are doing that, we are caught within the devil and the hard place. Because in all fairness, societies evolve. Is it your view that this society is not evolving for the better and that with time we have become worse off? Yes, it is my very firm view. Um, you know, people say that we evolve. But when we evolve, um, we should learn from history. You know, you remember when I said that our problem is not ideas. Mm. The models of development are littered all over history, both our own and as well as that of others. You know, people talk about Lee Kuan Yew's from third to first world. You know, um, there is Mahathir Mohammed, a doctor in the house, transforming Malaysia. You know, there is um, the PAC um, transforming South Korea and a lot of other places, even in the United States. And so there are models there. I believe that our problem is not the models. We have a crisis, not of ideas, but of the spirit. That we are not patriotic enough. We don't think enough. We are not inclusive enough. We don't have people with largeness of spirit. We need, in my view, to have at the table all strands. And um, actually, I wrote an opinion piece a few weeks before this one. That also went viral, and I called it the need for a national movement. In that, I felt that 
What is happening on the- Trying to protect your identity by yourself is a lot like trying to be a quarterback without an offensive line. LifeLock alerts you to blindside threats you may miss on your own, even if you're monitoring your credit. If a threat happens to get through, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist is there to help. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. That's LifeLock.com slash aware to save 25%. LifeLock. Identity theft protection starts here. Streets is very reflective of the deep-seated angst and frustrations of our society. And not only that, that just didn't happen. Actually... Over the last about 20 years, Afrobarometer polls have shown an increasing percentage of Ghanaians who are dissatisfied with both the MPP and the NDC. Um, by now, it's up to about 40%. And in this year, in our current crisis, I think probably my crest 50%. It means people are very unhappy. I believe that one of the things that patriots need to do is to try and convene convene what I call a national conference in which um, we'll have representatives from the TUC and students and markets and those marching on the street to have a candid conversation about what is ailing Ghana so that we can distill a set of values about things that we need done, you know, how we can get young people to work, you know, how we can reform our constitution that seemed to have become an obstacle, how we can include diasporans in our national life, how we can reform state institutions, electoral commission, um, auditor general's um, department, um, how we can um, give parliament its independence from corrupt um, executive authority, all those things. And when we do those things, it might launch us onto where all of us in our hearts feel Ghana ought to be going. Mm, that, that, that's interesting. You did actually bring forth other issues. You mentioned education as one of the areas that we are deteriorating. I mean, this is coming on the heels of the President of the Republic of Ghana stating categorically that his government has totally spent more in the area of education. In fact, he moved on to say that under the free SHS program, for example, the passes are way better than what used to be the case in 2016. How come you have a different assessment of the realities of education in the Republic of Ghana than what the president, who says he's privy to all the data, appears to be telling us? You know, money does not necessarily correlate with quality. Mm. And the Americans will always tell you that Americans spend more per capita on both education and health than almost any other country, and yet they don't have the best of those systems. So the fact that you're throwing money at a problem doesn't mean you are solving it. So let's talk about Ghana's education. I think that fundamentally we have a foundational problem, we have a mid-level problem, and we have a top-story problem. Our foundational problem is the kids' who are going to JSS before they get to SHS. I went to Saito, and I'm proud of that. And I ended up in medical school. These days, it will be very hard for any kid to go to Saito and end up there. One of the hidden crises in this country is that a majority of those who end up going to SHS are from private schools. Why? Because as Ghanaians, we have normalized 
checking out of public problems. Okay. If the public schools are find a private school for your kid, then your kid will end up into SHS. Go and look at the JSS. Get Draw FM is very good at doing that. Go find out what is happening in our public elementary schools. They are basically warehouses. And I tell people that you go to my um, district. Sometimes um, there are years when from the JSS level, virtually nobody passes. And the next day, everybody will pick their canteen and go to the market or go to the farm like nothing has happened. So that's the foundational problem. Now let's talk about the SHS problem that the president pretends that he has solved. We wasted a lot of money for nothing. In the U.S. here, 95% of kids attend high school sitting at, staying at home. Why? Because it's cheaper. You know, because a lot of the reason why we're spending so much money and we're struggling and this system they built up is going to collapse for lack of money is because it is just unreasonable. I loved going to boarding school. It was wonderful. But I think we need to be practical. I think that when you look at Accra, Kumasi, Kipkos, Takrada, and a few of the big cities, you can actually have a very robust system of day schools where buses can pass through neighborhoods and pick kids in the morning, take them to school, bring them back home. It means that we all of a sudden don't have to worry about accommodation. Of course, if I say that I'm an Odadie or I'm an Ohineba because I went to Kes and I want my kid to go to Presec and I'm prepared to pay for it and there are a few boarding facilities and I want to pay, then let me pay for it because in the U.S. here, there are actually private high schools, some of which are more expensive than most public universities. Mm. And people pay for their kids to go there so that their kids will get better chances of getting to the Ivy Leagues and all that. Yes, if you have money, we should let you do that. But I think a majority of our senior high school education should be day students. Now, that is that. So let's go to the university. Remember I said foundation. The foundation, the yeah. The universities are not producing the people we need. Why? Because we have a nation that needs certain skill sets to develop. And yet we are using limited public resources to produce university graduates who are unemployable. That right there is a problem. We need business and government and the universities to huddle together and say, what are the skills that we need? We need to go back to where university teach you so skills that are so essential that when you leave, you almost are guaranteed a job. But that's not what is happening. I think we need to reorient our education so that our scarce resources go into producing people who can help build the country we need. Hmm. Now, you also mentioned infrastructure. I mean, governments over the period has actually told us about how they have pumped a lot into infrastructure. We've been talking about roads. This government says it's done more roads than any government in the history of Ghana. And it actually references the feeder roads it has done over 40 kilometers or so across the country as part of the very big things that's supposed to be happening. We have always had a huge budget for capital expenditure. So why do you say there's a deterioration in that space particularly? Is not keeping up with our population? Um, that plus maintenance, plus shoddy work, which can be traced back to corruption. You know, um, a lot of the roads, I remember 
one of the lowest points in my education is when I told somebody that I don't understand why the universities that are supposed to produce people to lead the country, blah, 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 and he says, okay, the universities are some of the most corrupt institutions in Ghana. You know, and when he explained to me, I, I understood him. He took me to go see a building in Cape Coast, you know, built by the university two years old, and it was coming apart because there is no accountability. The people in the university have also learned from larger university, larger societal norms. Mm. And they too are in the business of loot and share. Just that everybody is doing his nicely. It's the same thing. You go to the healthcare sector. We have a national health insurance scheme that is honored in the breach. Kolebu and Ridge and others are openly not accepting the national health insurance. I think either Joy or one of these stations did a documentary on that. Yeah. And nobody said nobody who hold the leaders of those hospitals to account. Those things go round and round. So infrastructure, yes, infrastructure is very good and it helps. And a lot of good things have been done. For example, John Mahama's expansion of Kutukai International Airport was very good. He built Ridge Hospital. And Nanado has also done some infrastructure. Yeah. Most of the time, the prices are inflated. When we finish it, there is no maintenance. We allow these things to decay. Actually, let me give you a very classic example. Since the time of Rawlings, Rawlings, Kofor, Mills, all through, every government borrows money to do public housing. Yeah. Somehow they build up to 80%. They leave office. When the next government comes, they decide that, no, instead of doing what anybody with common sense would do, complete the one that is 80%, and they go for new money to start their own, and they do it to 80%, then the next government, and we have a bunch of public housing projects littered all over the country. I remember when Rollins was leaving office, they um, purchased, I think, 140 SUVs for the district assemblies. When Kufo's government came, they decided that the contract was riddled by corruption, so they were investigating. They investigated to the vehicle sat and rotted. You know, a lot of stuff like that happens. Mm. Now, you, you also mentioned that, um, and in this conversation, it's one of the issues you mentioned, that we needed a national movement to get out of this problem, and that people are disillusioned with the NPP-NDC duopoly. Is Mr. Chermantin's movement for change the solution? Um, it is one of the potential solutions, but, you know, I, I thought that um, his departure was a little premature, but it is one of the potential solutions. I think that um, his exit from the MPP underlines the decadence in the party and the fact that um, it is responding to a public yearning for new approaches to how we do things. I, I think that fundamentally, Ghanaians have our heads buried in the sand about our political parties. I believe, and I'll do so till I draw my last breath, that corrupt political parties can never beget honest governments. It is just axiomatic because people go and borrow money, they buy the votes. When they get there, they have to find money to go. So we need to make sure that our parties have transparent election processes in which people are not buying votes. It's not just our parties. We saw the last time we had DCEs elected, people um, claimed 
that they had gone to pay monies and they were not voted for. People were buying the DCMMC elections. So why is it that a person who honestly wants to serve the public has to buy a DC position, mm. MMC position? There is a point, though, about how do we move forward? You have mentioned a proper movement for uh, development in this country. You've also mentioned the people rising up. What will be the magic wand to get us out of our current quagmire with the politics, with the difficulties with education, and the general system you say is broken? How do we fix it with a single stroke? And how long would it take for us to do that? Um, it, it will take a number of strokes, but um, let's take the first one. The first one is, I think there ought to be a national consultative conference okay. called by prominent Ghanaians with representatives from students and labor and lecturers and the streets and market women and all that to crystallize what is it that we all think are urgent. I have my list. I'm sure you have yours, but most of those lists will overlap. That is one of them. The second thing is that once they have this agenda, they should invite all those in the political space buying for office to sign up for those, that agenda. And if they can't get them to sign up, then the movement should run a candidate to try and push the agenda. If some of them sign up, and, and there are interesting possibilities. For example, if you broaden Alan's movement, he might be a good vehicle for change. Um, mm. Don Mahama, if he wins, is going to be there for only four years. He might decide that he had had a conversion on the road to Damascus and he will be a transformational historical president with his one term and form a government of national unity, rallied around the agenda agreed by the people. All those are options. Once we get the power vehicle, then the first thing is reform the political parties to uh, make it inclusive, um, including the diasporans being able to vote and being able to contest for office. Um, I don't understand why we face the rest of the world with one of our hands tied behind our backs. Mm. You know, all regardless of where they are, ought to be allowed to contribute. We need to look at job creation, lower taxes, and we need to fight corruption. Mm. I think that we need, in effect, decapitate all the corrupt institutions and have new people and new attitudes. We okay. need to empower the public, and we need altruistic leaders, starting with the president. Doc. There is the presumption, and I mean, this accusation, I'm sure you have to answer to it. Some say some of your verdicts on how this government has run is because right from the time you wrote Chasing the Elephant into the Bush, you have not been a very good fan of the president, Nanado Danko Akufuado. Is this a personal vendetta? No, it isn't. And actually, those who say that are uh, misinformed. Remember, even as recently as 2016, when people started saying that Nane Okufuado was too old, I wrote an impassioned defense of age in politics and cited him. And if you Google it, you will see that. Um, when um, they finished the elections and they were saying they were dilly-dallying, I said he had won, let's give it to him. Um, about two, three years into his government, when people started asking me, I gave him credit for fixing the Dabon problem. I thought the free SH was a good idea. That was executed wrongly. I thought that Africa Free Trade Zone was a good mm. idea.
Your News Prime Headlines is brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. And in our bulletin today, health alert as residents of North and South Tong in the Volta region resort to using polluted water as a devastation caused by spilled waters leave the taps dry. Highly pol- uh, polluted. They have to come to our aid. Um, we went for a meeting on Sunday and then the MP suggested we use the Agohome uh, dam. That one, they, they will be able to sterilize it. Meanwhile, Doma East MP urges Speaker of Parliament to recall House to immediately convene and offer support to flood victims in the Volta region. As a parliamentarian, I, I believe that Parliament will, will reconvene as soon as possible for us to quickly um, maybe go there to see things out and also, if possible, see what we can do to help them in difficult times like this. Also, Ghana Bar Association questions government's approach to the fight against Galamse as they charge government to go after corrupt policy politicians who are the kingpins of the illegal mining menace. The government must be honest and bold and fish out this evil axis of powerful interest, engage in a wanton destruction of our environment and deal with them decisively, irrespective of the status or political background of the individuals in, involved. We have details as the association says the fight against corruption and that this government has been lethargic on some occasions. Government, political leadership and key stakeholders to show more political will and integrity in decisively dealing with the Galamsey menace. At 8 p.m. I hand over to Emma Davis to bring you prime business. And President Ekufuado is optimistic of hitting a single target digit inflation before the end of his tenure. Yeah, and this bulletin passport. My name is Samuel Kojo Brace. We're live on BSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 125, and around the world on MajoyOnline.com. We are your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please see for details. Join News Prime Headlines was brought to you by Don't Take 